Hello, this is Janet Gallen welcoming you to Love Letters Live, and I am going to be my own guest today, so just humor me. I want to talk about the post office. Everybody seems to be talking about the post office right now because it is in danger, and we need the post office. I don't know how many of you know what the post office formally has as its mission statement. And I'm going to read it to you. You know, we hear people talk about how important the post office is because they mail letters to your grandparents and they mail letters to your children and they mail letters to on and on. Yes, they do. And they also, by the way, mail life-saving medications. And they have always, well, always, you know, since way early in American history, been a way of voting. We used to be able to get what was called absentee ballots. That was out of respect for people who were away from home. I think at some point most important was <laughs> the men in the armed forces who were overseas fighting wars to keep us safe at home and their voices had to be heard. So we had absentee ballots. We don't call them that anymore. I think we just call them mail-in ballots. And there has been an absolute war started over this. Oh, just awful, just awful. Here is what their, their mission is. I'm just gonna read it to you because I should have it memorized because I've read it so many times, but I don't. And the first word in each of these is um, the core of what it is. For example, <laughs> the first one is they are the messenger of sympathy and love. They are the messenger. And that takes care of sympathy and love and encouragement and sending those letters to your grandchildren and your grandparents and people who are in care facilities and need to know that you are still thinking about them. They are the messenger of sympathy and love, our United States Post Office. They are the servant, servant of parted friends. And this is a sad business when friends have to part. You know, life takes us away from each other. And I remember very clearly when I went away to college, this was in 1960. And the last thing, as I waved goodbye to my parents, the last thing out of my father's mouth was, don't forget to write. That's what everybody said when friends were leaving. Don't forget to write. It was critical. The post office is the servant to keep people connected. It is the consoler of the lonely. The post office is the consoler of the lonely. And I would like to say this means more today than ever because people who are in care facilities and dementia facilities of, of any kind, they are isolated. They may not have visitors. They have got to feel abandoned. Some people who have some state of dementia, they don't know why they don't have visitors anymore. As far as they know, they have been abandoned. And the truth is that this horrible virus has stolen loved ones right from their midst. So they are the consoler of the lonely. They, uh, this is the one that has got me running for the Kleenex box every single time. They are the bond of the scattered family. Bond, they are the bond, they are the glue. In America, it has always been part of our opportunity that people move away from home. Families get scattered and they need to be bonded together no matter time and distance. The post office is the bond of the scattered family. 
It's the enlarger, enlarger of the common life that we all lead, and it, it expands our life by what we send through the mail, invitations and announcements. It's the enlarger of the common life. It is the carrier of news and knowledge. Now we have so many other ways of doing that, but you know, between people, a letter still carries news and knowledge, and what better to have that news and knowledge sent to you in somebody's handwriting? Somebody's handwriting. That's historically important more often than not as time goes on and these letters are found. They are the instrument of trade and industry. Yes, they are the instrument of it. I once asked a couple of postal uh, uh, po mail carriers what they liked delivering best. And one woman carrier said, she just lit up and she said, oh, I love delivering anything that's got children's handwriting on it. I just love it. Okay, lovely. I asked another few people, I got various answers. And then I asked a young man, mail carrier, who was just hopping out of his mail truck in the financial district of San Francisco. And I said, may I ask you a question? I said, what is it you like to deliver best? And he didn't miss a beat and he said, checks. I love delivering checks to people. A generosity it is. He likes seeing that people get paid for their labors. Good for him. And he's taking an important part because the post office is in fact an instrument of trade and industry. It's the promoter of mutual acquaintance. Again, this is back to our social life. It is a promoter and it is the promoter of peace and goodwill among men and nations, or should be and can be. It used to be that political decisions, momentous decisions were sent by mail. You know, we didn't have email. So that was that. <coughs> so, and I wanna read you one other thing that just grabs me every time because right now, oh my goodness, now I'm gonna, Right now, um, we have a postmaster general who is apparently disrespectful enough to our postal workers that he's trying to take away their power, trying to take away their power to be the messenger of sympathy, the servant of parted friends, the consoler of the law. He's standing in their way. Here's something that postmaster general Joseph Holt wrote in his annual report to the postal workers. Get this, in 1859, our postmaster general, he says, he said, the post office department in its ceaseless labors pervades, <coughs> excuse me, every channel of commerce and every theater of human enterprise. And while visiting as it does kindly every fireside mingles with the throbbings of almost every heart in the land. In the amplitude of its beneficence, it ministers, ministers to all climes and creeds and pursuits with the same eager readiness and equal fullness of fidelity. It is the delicate ear trump through which alike nations and families and isolated individuals whisper their joys and their sorrows their convictions and their sympathies to all who listen for their coming. To me, that's just a wonderful piece of poetry. I don't know if we have a postmaster general recently who could do such a thing, but this, the kind of respect that we had 
for our postal workers. We still do, I think in general, during this coronavirus horror, that <clears throat> they are being given the credit they deserve for being the kind of heroes they are. The truth of the matter is they always were heroic and they functioned during worse times than this. They functioned during the flu of 1918. They functioned during wars. They just, they never give up. They never give up. So when I see, <coughs> excuse me, when I see a picture as I did yesterday, you know, our, our postal boxes, okay, Spain's are yellow and sunny, which how fitting. Ours are red, white, and blue. And they stand there with the pride of being all these things, messenger, servant, consoler. They are waiting to serve democracy. Ours are red, white, and blue. That is somehow the color of American democracy. That is the color of all our mailboxes. And I saw recently, well, yesterday, I guess, a photograph of four mailboxes in a row. Usually a site that is welcoming and the little flaps open and you put in what you, and you walk around, walk away and you don't, you don't miss a heartbeat because you know it's gonna get where it's going. Gonna get where it's going. The post office delivers 472.1 million, le million letters a day. Christmas time, I think they do something like 5 billion letters or, you know, on those days, they can handle it. They can handle it and they do handle it. There's just nothing too burdensome for these people. They're wonderful. <laughs> so I saw a picture of four of these proud soldiers, mailboxes, with their mouths clamped shut. They were clamped shut. They were, they were silenced. <coughs> they looked like prisoners of war. What have we come to? I thought, now, the post office needs a lot of money to continue. Sure, why not? They're running at a deficit, but what they provide, you would think, requires and deserves government help. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, what, what they what I thought would be nice. I understand there's a $10 billion pile of money that's supposed to go to the post office voted by Congress, but somebody's not letting it get to them in an attempt to somehow weaken the post office. So I was thinking it would be a good idea. Why not just start a GoFundMe for the post office? Let everybody kick in 10, 20, $30. Well, so a woman I know, thought that was a wonderful idea and she set one up and then I was assured that it would never get where it was going because it still has to go through the federal government or the postmaster general. And then I heard, I heard that if everybody bought $20 worth of stamps, we'd be in very good shape. So I did a little, a little arithmetic and we have 328.2 million people in this country. Okay, not everybody is gonna be on the side of keeping the post office healthy, I understand that. Let's say 125 million Americans each buy 20, $30 worth of stamps. If you can afford it, buy $40.
Um, not everybody's going to be able to, you know, have that kind of money to spend on stamps, but we, we hit over a billion dollars like that, like that. So I, I just want to encourage people to go buy stamps. And I'm going to tell you something, you know, how often I hear, and I'm sure you do too. You hear people say, oh, I wish I had a magic wand. You've got one. You've got a magic wand. It is a pen with which you can write letters and, I mean, the, the power of this, the power of this slipped into a mailbox. Um, and, and by the way, you know, we are counting on these mailboxes now, in addition to, I, I think this, you know, enlarger of the common life uh, part here means voting by mail. It means that these little, these soldiers are waiting to, keep democracy safe. We, we have to have the right to vote. When I grew up, I was in grammar school and I was told in the third grade, this is like 1940 something, I was told by my third grade teacher that voting is a privilege. I know, we were eight, seven, eight years old, what we, but we were told that it was a privilege. Well, that got in there. The very next sentence or so, was voting is a duty. It is the duty of every American to vote. Again, I was seven. I hardly had this on my to-do list, but it got in there. And it was the double whammy of it's a duty and a privilege that meant I had to vote. I mean, there was no not voting. And I've gone to the polls every year since whatever it was. And I love it, but I can't go to the polls anymore. And I don't know if every one will be open anyway. We need these mailboxes to receive our ballots. We cannot have their little mouths sealed shut. They need to work for us. So I'm gonna just give you a little fashion show about stamps. They're gorgeous. I actually, okay, first this. Okay, here's a little love. If you just are in the mood for, to put right on the envelope because you know the, the sight of that envelope is the very first message of that it's a love letter or a letter or you know, and choose choose what you like. Here's one. Here's one. I love these. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. There she is. And I keep these for the women I know who I know need one of those. Here is muscle cars. Muscle cars. I have a couple of men friends who just love them. I have this for them. Here's a Harlem Renaissance. Gorgeous. Harlem Renaissance. And there are some names on here you might know, just American heroes. You might not know, but the nice thing about this is it's a learning experience. You can just go and Google each one of these people and learn something about American history that, oops, they forgot to teach us in school. Okay, there you go. Flowers, just beautiful, just beautiful. Elvis, I mean, this is only for certain people. And you will know who they are, but seeing that on a, an envelope is just great. Oh, look at these dragons. They're, they're foil. You know, they're, they're gorgeous. They're just gorgeous. The art of magic. Also beautiful. Uh-huh. Uh, Ellsworth Kelly, if you're just in the mood for some wonderful, uplifting modern art. And that's the message you want to send to the person getting your letter. Here is <laughs> Bugs Bunny in drag. How adorable. Um, oh, and this, you know, this is just, uh, this, uh, 
this is just one of those, well, it says celebrate, kind of embedded in those little bubbles. And it's gorgeous. It's like metallic. It's just beautiful. I buy stamps as gifts. I have always, I mean, they're just great stocking stuffers. When you're spending your $20 on stamps, and please go out and do it, everybody, just, you know, you're not, you're not going to restaurants like you used to, for those of you who used to eat out a lot. You can just siphon off $20 from your entertainment budget and go buy stamps and see how much we can raise for the post office. But when you order them online, see, you get them all backed beautifully. You can just wrap them or put them in a fancy manila envelope as a gift wrap. Stocking stuffers, party favors, roll one of these up and stick it in the wine glass. I mean, you can't have people over now like you used to, but you can still give these as a gift. And when I've done it, and they're, they're beautiful little works of art, and they all say something the post office used to have. I mean, choosing the stamp for me is so much fun. I mean, I have to take into <coughs> consideration what the person likes, what they value, what, what I want to share. So the post office used to have one that was the collection of insects. It's gorgeous, just gorgeous. And I, <coughs> one of them was a dung beetle. Well, you know, who are you going to send that to? I sent it to a communication I had to do with the Internal Revenue Service. Dung beetle for that. That wasn't nice of me. They work hard. But the point is, I had a choice, and I was in kind of a, you know, scrappy mood with them, and that's what they got. So once you have all these letters, don't let them, uh, stamps, I mean, don't let them go to waste. Don't let them go to waste. Write letters. Take your magic wand and a piece of paper and an envelope and choose the stamp you think the recipient will love best. And just write letters. You know, write a letter to your children that you haven't seen in a while. Write a letter that says, you know, dear darling, daughter, I haven't been able to see you in too long. Here's what I miss about you. And just list four things you love. Stick it in the mailbox. Send letters to the older people in your life who are at, at you know, um, care facilities. Send letters. I did a couple of those. <clears throat> and I did it for me because it just felt good to remember. And the response I got just really knocked me out. I mean, it was even, it, I don't know what I expected. I mean, what you get to expect when you send a love letter to somebody, what you get to expect is nothing, nothing. Um, you're just sending a gift. But usually you get something surprising and wonderful. You've made a difference. My own experience in the world of love letters is <clears throat> when you send this letter to a parent or a friend or a child, and you remember something, you recall, you know, I remember when we first met and you were wearing that blue dress with the white collar and I'd never seen anything so sophisticated. Whatever it is you want to say, whatever it is you remember, it can be physical, it can be the time a teacher saved you from a bully or let you know that you were indeed very smart. Whatever it is, if you share a memory, people's response, and this is mostly with older parents that I get this, across the board, they say, oh, I got your letter. I 
didn't know that you remembered this. Or I didn't know you knew that about me. If you include something, you know, a little personal, an insight that you have. I didn't know you knew that about me. And the gift you have sent with one of these stamps that you're going to go to the post office and buy, please, the gift <coughs> is that the gift you have sent is that you listened, that you paid attention. And that is a gift that stays just down the ages. So that's me in the post office and stamps and using those stamps for the greater good and letting the post office do its job, which is messenger, servant, consoler, bond, and larger carrier of news. All the things that the post office has pledged to do and has done since what, the early 1800s, make it easier for them because they make it easier for us. When you need that medication sent to you overnight or even whenever it is and you, you live someplace rural and you can't get to a drugstore, thank you to the post office. Let's keep them strong because we need them to keep us strong now more than ever. That's it for me. I thank you for listening and I will talk to you another time. Just remember, you've got the magic wand, people. Okay? Okay. Bye.